You're listening to Perfectly Normal. This is a podcast where I bring you love, courage, and connection. I'm your host, Michelle Quay. I'm a confidence and leadership coach, where I work with negative self-talkers to get them to believe in the talent that they have in reaching their full potential in both personal and professional life. I'm the founder of Elevate Life Coaching. It's a coaching and seminar company. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. This week, I like to share the fact that last week, so on Monday, I reported back to um, my hospital work, and it was midday on Monday. Um, and and one of the patients who came in to the clinic actually crashed. Um, he was 32 years old, and he had lived through a brain tumor and, and had surgery um, from our hospital. So he crashed in the clinic and we responded um, along with other healthcare provi- providers, um, including physicians, nurses, and pharmacists. So I happened to respond to the second code um, when patient got transferred to the inpatient side. And I responded to it, and patient had a seizure. So, of course, I was standing by passing out meds. And lo and behold, we decided to transfer the patient to the, to the ICU, to the floor. In the process, um, the physician had requested for me to accompany them, to escort them to, to the unit. So I did, and which is not very unusual for my responsibility to to escort them with the medications. And so I did that and went up to the floor with them. And then someone yelled, have you guys swapped the patient? Um, And this is a process that everyone are still learning. So people who come through emergency or who are crashing, you kind of just wanted to save them first right and and there's nothing more important than saving someone's life than in that situation so you don't really stop and think about well does this person have covid do i need to um first think about testing for that for that covid on this patient um you just kind of jump right in um which it's really important to have the healthcare provi- providers to wear these proper masks, the PPE, uh, because they, they are actually at the front line. And a lot of times they don't know. They don't know the person who's coming in, whether or not they have COVID or not. So after we swap the patient, it turns out, you know, the result usually comes back pretty fast. If you're inpatient, um, it came back actually an hour or so. And we all found out that patient had COVID. (laughs) And so I was notified by employee health that, you know, I was exposed to the patient. And I was trying to really think back in terms of, did I come in close contact? Did I touch anything? Did I, you know, get in touch with the uh, fluid, the body fluid? I was thinking back of all the little details that I could remember during that transport process. And the first thing that came to my mind was, 
what am I going to do to go home to my parents? Um, so my parents are in their 80s, and my mom just had surgery. I believe I had shared this with you um, in my last episode. So she had just surgery. So they are both in a very vulnerable state. So my first thought that came to me was, what am I going to do? Do I go home? Do I, do I just book myself a hotel? What do I do? And this is the first time that I ever got into a situation that I am considered as the high risk, you know, high risk being I was spending more than 15 minutes with the patient. And in that process, I was in the same space and confinement with the patient. Um, so it was the first time that I am in that high risk position and high risk role. So it was really stressful. And this is what I wanted to talk about is because I think we are in a place where things doesn't get personal until it's personal. It's so easy to, to say, oh, don't worry about it. You know, um, things will be better. And it's hard when you're having, you know, when you actually know someone in your family, or you actually know someone who's going through that process of recovering and, and being sick and feeling sick um, from the pandemic, or being affected in terms of job or losing their job. So it doesn't get personal until it becomes personal, right? So it's easy for us to say, oh, don't be afraid. It's not nothing to fear about. But in reality, there's a lot of fear and people are actually, it's very personal and people have actually lost their relatives, their loved ones from this pandemic. So the, this shit is real. <laughs> and this coming out from this experience. So, so on Saturday, I had to go in to, um, to get tested again because I was at high risk. Um, so the, the policy from where I work is that once you become exposed to high risk, um, what you do is on the fifth day, uh, so on day number five, you go in and get yourself tested for um, nasal swab. And I know, I know there's a lot of... Um, uh, false negative that's being reported, um, and and it all because of how the technique was performed. So this is something that's really deep um, in our respiratory infection. So if you, someone who is not really skillful or didn't collect the sample properly, then it there is a high possibility that the result may come back negative. So I I understand that I get that. Um, but so Saturday, I had to drive into one of those drive through at work and get myself tested again. So I, this is my second time testing it. The first time it was out of, you know, because it was complimentary from work. And so I wanted to make sure that I don't have it so that I am, my parents will be safe. And the second time is because of exposure. So I went in on Saturday and the line was really long. So the testing center in, at my work, they begin at 7.30 in the morning. So I was there around 7.20 and there was already a line of people waiting in their car, waiting to be checked in, um, waiting to be tested. And some of these, these people are actually patients who are going to have elective surgery at our hospital. So there was a long line of work and I remember sitting in my um, car 
<laughs> it was just right after my um, morning breakfast, and I had coffee. So you can imagine I was holding it in. I was really holding it in. So I waited for about two hours um, until I actually get tested. It was a very short process. The the nurse would um, use one of those uh, Q-tip, go in through your uh, nostril, and and the deeper, of course, like I said, it's a deep um, respiratory infection. So the deeper you get to, you have better result, better um, um, affirmative result. So, but once you, it's just imagine some, someone sticking something into your nose. It's a very painful and unpleasant feeling to, to have that been done. So, but it was unavoidable, right? So it only took a couple of seconds not even minutes to to collect the sample. And once you're done, you kind of just want you just want to know the result. So the turnaround is about 24 hours and I got a phone call the next day. Um, it was really short wait, but during that waiting period, any any symptoms coughing or just even if you have allergy and you're coughing or if you wake up and having a little headache you start get really paranoid do i have it you know what am i gonna do um you know are they gonna tell me not to go to work which mm, to me it's okay because you know i still i have my business that's running so i can actually use that time to work on my business but it was that feeling of anxiety and and just not knowing and I think not knowing is a big fear for many people, including myself, you know, not knowing, is it going to be, going to be positive? Is it going to be negative? What, which way is it going to be? So that not, not knowing was not very comfortable. So yesterday I got a phone call. Um, it happened over the weekend and I got a phone call and it came back negative. So I was really relieved, and that was probably, I remember I was celebrating this on my, one of my Facebook posts. I posted, you know, one of the most positive things about neg negative is this moment when you find out your test is negative. <laughs> it's so ironic, right? Something that is so negative that we are actually seeing as positive. Hmm, yeah, so that was kind of funny to, to, say that but what come out from this experience of me personally being in that high-risk group it made me realize that how many people are actually in the space of we don't know what to do and and you know it's really scary to be sitting there by yourself and wondering what's going to happen next and what next what's coming. Um, there's a lot of fear behind that. And I remember yesterday, well, actually yesterday I connected to, um, so I am the uh, area director for one of the district here at, in, in Toastmasters. And one of the club, we've been trying to get them back to meet virtually instead of in person. And I was talking, I was connecting to the club presidents and he had a lot of things going on right now, like the pandemic shut down and now he's a business owner. So of course you, the business got affected by the pandemic. And then um, he's got parents 
who um, his mom passed away last year, and he's taking care of his dad, even though he's not living with him. But it's still a lot of responsibilities and things that he had to attend to. So of course, it makes perfect sense why he hasn't really been putting in efforts in hold, hosting these、uh, virtual meetings, and he doesn't have to, but he wanted to because. Being the toastmaster and being a public speaker is one of his passion. It's something that he was passionate about. This is the whole reason why he got into this. But you know, there's a reality side of this that holds us back, and this goes back to that Maslow's、um, hierarchy of needs, right? So in a in a it's a pyramid of. How we all human operate in terms of our desire, the things that satisfies us, that that bring us into、um, living a purposeful life. So the very bottom of the pyramid has to do with food, shelter, safety, and just that everyday boring stuff. But those are the stuff that keep us grounded. Those are the stuff that stabilizes that pyramid. Um, on the top of the pyramid, the very top would be the self-actualization, and that's the part where you start thinking about the higher self. You start connecting to the spirituality aspects of it,、um, but you can't reach that until you have a solid ground. And what I believe this pandemic really brings us is is shaking up that foundation of the food, shelter, security that we seek and that will bring us stability in life. So the idea of me wanting to sharing sharing this with you today is because I want you to think about you in a position, you in someone else's shoes when things happen, and when these things happen, you know you got to have a lot of compassion for everyone. Like you may walk down the street and you would never know that person may look perfectly normal. But somewhere inside of them, maybe they're struggling with something that you have no idea that they're currently struggling with. Like if I haven't told you that this is what I had to go through last week, you would have no idea that I was emotionally triggered and emotionally in a very stressful situation.、Um, so until someone becomes vulnerable and sharing what they're feeling inside of them to you. You have no idea what they're going through, and they look perfectly normal. Yeah. So the idea is, and the message I want you to take away with is, have compassion for everyone. Like no matter who you meet, whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them, exercise your compassion for them, knowing that there are some really deep stuff that they are working through, and they're doing their best. And I think this is really important to remember. Everyone is showing up at their best in that moment. So even if someone is really arguing with you, arguing with their heads off with you, they are showing up at their best. So this is an idea I want to share with you this week, and hopefully that will spark that fire of compassion that you have inside of you. And go out and share your compassion with others. Have a good week. Hey, thanks for listening. In order for this conversation to continue, I would like to invite you to join my private Facebook group, the Confidence Lab for Remarkably Courageous People. This is where we can continue this conversation to bring more love. 
courage, and connection in helping each other and supporting each other in moving forward in our lives. If you found value in this show, I would appreciate if you can give me a rating on iTunes or Spotify. Or simply share this show with a friend who may benefit from hearing it. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. If you'd like to learn more about what I do as a coach, please visit my website at elevatelifecoaching.org or shoot me an email. See you on the next show.